Roger, do you believe in heaven? I guess. That's where they said my mom went. Maybe that's where my dad went. Probably. Hey, maybe your mom and my dad are friends up there. That could be. Because you're my best friend down here. You're my best friend too, JP. I'd be back by five. I can't tell time yet. Are we back by five? Close. Come on, JP, get your bike in. Roger? Yeah? You have a visitor. He's waiting inside for you. Is it? to see me? Yeah. You look kind of scrawny. Don't they feed you enough in this place? Yeah. Where you been? I was waiting. Just riding around the stadium. Angel's still your team? Yeah. You're in last place. Yeah. One's in the blood. Family that likes losers. So, I came to say that I'm going up north. I know I said when I came it'd be to get you, but things ain't working out that way. I did what I could with you. Maybe if your mom was alive, it'd be different. I, uh, they had me sign this thing, this paper, some kind of release thing. Uh, just gotta go to court to make it final. You understand what I'm saying, don't you? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Traded it in. The bike's better for traveling. Dad, when are we gonna be a family again? From where I'm sitting. 
I'd say when the Angels win the pennant. You stay out of trouble, son. So this is a story of two foster boys, J.P., and as we saw at the end, Roger, who have been placed in Maggie's short-term foster home. Both boys have a hope, a hope that they will find a family again. Uh, For Roger, as we saw right there, his only hope of having a family and being reunited with his dad is if the last place angels can win the pennant. And with the angels in last place, you could just see the hope just leave Roger. It just, he just loses all does it, like hope in that moment. And, 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 and that's what happens, right? See, without hope, we lose heart. Without hope, we lose motivation to, to persevere. We lose the courage to move forward. Without hope, we stop um, wanting to fight, and we stop. We, we lose the courage, and we give up when hope is gone, don't we? Uh, my name is Casey, and for those of you who are new with us, we are in this series called At Advent at the Movies, and the reason that we are doing this is because stories are powerful. Stories um, uh, are, are ways that communicate something, and it's something that's very powerful when it's communicated through a story. And we're taking these million-dollar movies and these million-dollar stories to tell these timeless kingdom truths of the kingdom of God. And here's a serious big idea uh, of that we're in, that Jesus used this all the time. See, Jesus used culturally relevant stories to share timeless truths to lead people to God. And each week we're going to be using a movie to talk about what Christmas is truly about as we celebrate Advent together. Uh, Jesus was a master storyteller. He told stories using parables, these short stories, and stories stay with us longer. And today's story is a story of hope. And maybe you need hope today. Maybe this past weekend was a a hard weekend as you celebrated Thanksgiving, and this is a weekend that you would love for hope to inspire you. Well, in today's movie, this story of hope is one that we hope inspires you. We're going to see how hope inspires a young foster child to pray that the angel somehow could win the pennant so he can have a family again. You guys pray. I pray every night you go to bed without bugging us with a thousand stupid questions. Maybe tomorrow you'll meet a nice family, Miguel. I'm praying for that. <clears throat> it could happen. God, if you're a man or a woman, if you're listening, I'd really, really like a family. My dad says that only happened if the angels won the pennant. The baseball team, I mean. 
So here, his hope inspires him to pray. God, if you're really listening, (laughs) I'd really like to have a family. Maybe you can help them angels win the pennant. Have you ever asked a question like that, that Roger asked? God, are you there? God, God, if you're there, maybe you've asked it this way. God, are you listening? Are, Are you listening? Are you even hearing me right now? Have you ever asked that? Have you ever been in a hopeless situation? And and maybe you're listening or here today and and you don't even believe in God and you, you wonder even why you're here today, but you would even recognize in hopeless situations, sometimes your last hope is to turn to God in prayer. And then you wonder, God, are you even listening? Do you even see what I'm going through? Do you even understand? Do you even notice this? Are you listening or are you just ignoring me? Do you even care? Uh, King David, the ancient king of Israel, wondered about this too. In Psalm uh, 55, he, he opens up this psalm with this, with this cry. And he, he says, listen to my prayer, O God, he says. And do not ignore my plea. Do not ignore me. Listen to me. I wonder if he was questioning, God, are you even listening? And as David would go through this, he would say, I'm in fear. And he would ask, God, are you ignoring me? I'm anxious. And then in verse 17, David, King David here would turn his voice into a voice of hope. And evening, morning, a morning, uh, evening, morning, and new, he would say, I cry out in distress. And look at this. And he hears my voice. He was confident that God hears and pr- hears his prayers. See, God, that's the reality. God hears in cr- our cries in our hopeless situations. He hears our cries in our hopeless and helpless moments. See, God cares. He knows your thoughts. And he hears your prayers. This is what the, the, the stories in Scripture tell us, that God hears our cries in our hopeless moments. God is good. He's a good God, a loving Father who cares for you. Now, back to our story. The angels continue to just unravel. I mean, their season as a baseball is, is, is the worst of the worst. They continue to be in last place, continue to lose game after game, and Lord knows only a miracle can help them. First pitch of the game, and the Angels have an error and a man on base. So the fifth inning goes into the books with a score nothing to nothing. The Angels thus far have been able to keep the hard-hitting Blue Jays silent. But as we head into the sixth, the Jays have the middle of the order coming up with the ever-dangerous Asher Lozado leading off. Number 31, left fielder Asher Lozado. Bass sets and sets and sets again. Please, just throw the ball. Here's the pitch. And Lozado smashes one to deep center. I don't think Williams will get to this one.
he do that? How did he do that? That, sports fans, is a play you're going to see run in baseball highlights for years to come. Get me something here. Come on, come on. What am I waiting for? Give me something. I'm hanging. I'm hanging. This is dead air time. Did you see that? Yeah. Us. Dude just sucked out right from the sky. Whoa. Those guys. Those guys are in sparkling pajamas. What are you talking about, Roger? What guys in sparkling pajamas? You didn't see him, those guys, Carrie and Williams? I don't know. Hey, hey mister, did, did you see that? Lucky catch. No, but did you see what happened with the clouds? Did you see the people with Williams when he cut the ball? Huh? There were shiny people out there. Flying, shiny people. You will tell your parents about it. You didn't see him? It was a real good play, Roger. I saw that. clue that the heavenly angels were helping the California angels. Only Roger was able to see what was going on. I want you to know something. Even though you can't see it, God is always working. Even though we can't see it, God is always working. And scripture's full of stories where where people had faith in, in who God was and they hoped in what God could do. And they had no clue that God was working, but yet God was working. When Abraham and Sarah were old in their years, barren, childless, God was at work and they would become pregnant. It was, Sarah would become pregnant. That was a she-we in this situation. Um, they, she would become pregnant and have a son who would become the nation of Israel. Joseph would be sold by his brothers, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery. And for 13 years, he would either be in prison or a servant. And yet God was at work and he was still working, even though he didn't see this. When David was running away from King Saul because of King Saul's jealousy for David, God was working while King David was in a cave. Even Daniel, when Daniel would be persecuted for having his faith in the one true God and he would pray morning, noon, and night in that open window and then be thrown into a lion's den, God was still working even though it felt 
like he was. And see, God was working. We can go through scripture and you can see that, that people of faith, God was working in those moments. And Jesus shows us this. Jesus, whose resurrection is proof that we can trust in his truth, and that what he says is true, and all scripture that points to him is true. Jesus would say this. He would say, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. See, God is always working. He is always working. That's who he is. And what you're going through right now, which may be a a helpless or hopeless situation, might be an opportunity for you to remind yourself that God is always working. So don't lose heart. Have hope. God is always working because nothing is hopeless. Nothing is hopeless because we know who God is and that he is always working. Because you know your God is a God who loves you and cares for you and wants to hear your cry as you put your hope in him. See, as long as you can pray, there is still hope. As long as you can voice your prayer to God, there is still hope in whatever circumstance you're going through. Now, for some, prayer may seem silly, but there's something powerful that happens when our hope comes out in our prayers. You said you... I thought you saw something at the game. Yeah, angels. Real ones. Why, why, why do you think there would be real angels at the ball game? Maybe because I prayed for them? Nothing you were doing was helping. I just figured it couldn't hurt. <clears throat> Does he talk? Of course he talks. He just doesn't like strangers. Uh, me either. I don't really like my friends. Are these angels you think you see? Do you suppose they're coming back? If they feel like it, I guess. Oh, this is crazy. I must be losing it. Well, what I meant to say is, uh, 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 do you want to come to the game tomorrow? I have an open seat next to the dugout, and you can get your Aunt Maggie or whoever she is to come along. I don't go to baseball games. But, uh, yeah, you can go, Roger. Can JP come too? Okay. We gonna win today, kid? Maybe. Maybe? I don't know. It's your team. Don't remind me. Mr. Max! Mr. Max, come over here! We got one! Hey. What's going on? There's an angel with Hemerling. What? There's an angel massaging Hemerling's shoulders. This is ridiculous. I don't know what you've seen, but there's no one with Hemerling. She's rubbing his shoulders. Uh, huh? I, and what should I do about it? What do you mean? Pinch it. I got Mitchell coming up. He's my best hitter. Emily can't hit the broad side of a barn. I, I can't substitute my worst hitter for my best hitter. If you want to hit, you'll put in Hammerlin. It's crazy. Wacko. You forget about it. But he's got an angel. Ah. Wait a minute. What's the worst thing that could happen? We're going to fall out of last place. <laughs> 
Sit down, Mitchell. You're up, Emily. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You heard what I said. You're out, you're in. Hey, get your stuff. <laughs> and as Mitchell was getting ready to lead off, Knox has suddenly decided to pinch hit. And he's bringing in Danny Hammerling, the utility infielder, who is known sports fans for his glove, but definitely not for his bat. Hammerling for Mitchell! Go back to Cincinnati! This is a great picture of how God works through prayer. He uses unlikely ways to more often answer our hope-filled prayers. Uh, you know, often we ask God to cooperate with us in our plan, but prayer is not that way. Prayer is about us cooperating with, cooperating with God in his plan. See, prayer is joining God where he is at work not asking God to join our work. That's what prayer is. It's identifying, God, how are you at work in this situation? I put my hope in how you're working in this situation, not how I want this to work. And too often through our prayer, we ask God to join us in how we want this to work. But hope, a hope that is fulfilled is when our only hope is fulfilled when we join God in his work and pray for his will. This is what John would write. He would say, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, what's he do? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. See, our hope is not always in what we want. In fact, if it's in what I want, sometimes that hope is a false hope. But when our hope is in what God wills, we always have a hope that is certain and secure. See, our, we have a hope through prayer, and we always have a hope through prayer. If you can pray, you still have a hope. And when you ask for God's will to be done, you can hold on to that hope. Maybe this is what you need to pray. Maybe you've been praying, and it's been, God, will you join me in my plan? And maybe you need to change your 
prayer to be a hope-filled prayer that in your hopeless situation, say, God, I ask that your will be done. Maybe this is how you need to ask. Or maybe it's hard for you to ask for God's will. Maybe you need to ask someone to help you and pray with you that they can ask for God's will to be done because it's hard for you to ask. So the angels miraculously make it to the playoffs. Through the help of the heavenly angels, they do uh, make it there. And the veteran pitcher who is played by Tony Danza, his name is Clark. He had all of these injuries and wasn't able to pitch. And all of a sudden, he's able to pitch and he helps his team make it to the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs, with the opportunity to win the pennant, he's at the mound. He's struggling. However, hope strikes again. And Knox will pull Mel Clark. All I can say is, it's about time. nothing left. Yeah, you do. You got one strike left. You got an angel with you right now. Just got here. And he's gonna help. amazing how the hope of a small child can inspire a stadium? I mean, that's an amazing thing about the faith of one. The faith of one can inspire and bring hope to many others. It even inspires Clark, who is, would give one more pitch, and he would pitch it. It would be hit as a line drive, and he would dive off of the mound and make the game-winning catch to send the Angels to the World Series. They win the pennant. See, faith shared is hope shared. He, the child believed. 
And faith shared is a hope that is shared. And when one person shares their faith, shares what they believe, what they believe God can do, it can inspire others who need the hope of hearing it. See, I love this definition of faith. I don't know who uh, is the, uh, the originator of this, but this is a great definition of faith. Faith is trusting in who God is and hoping in what he can do. Faith is trusting in who God is, the character of God, and hoping in what he can do. The Hebrew writer, in, in, when he would write about the, the, the hall of faith in Hebrews 11, would say, faith is the conviction of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the things that we hope for that God can do. See, faith is trusting in who God is, the nature of God, that he's a good God, a loving God, an all-powerful God. Faith is the hope in what he can do because of who he is. In your hopeless situation, do you need to put your faith in who God is? And do you need to put your hope in what he can do? Prayer is a beautiful way to remind ourselves and speak faith to ourselves and give voice to our faith in who God is and our hope in what he can do. And here's a teaching big idea that after watching this movie, I want to leave you with today. That you will pray because you have faith in who God is and your hope will be in what he can do. See, this is why we pray, because of who God is and our hope is in what he can do. Because God is good. We pray because he is good. We pray that, in, in, that to a good God in our hope is that our good God can work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Because God is all powerful and this is who our God is. We pray because our hope is in that he it can do the impossible. There's nothing outside of his strength. Because our God is all wise. We pray. We pray because our hope is that he can solve any problem that we face. See, this is the nature of hope. It inspires us to pray. And when others hear your prayers, as you pray for them, you can bring hope to them. See, our hope in God inspires us to pray. And prayer brings that hope to others. That's the power of prayer. It's a reminder of who our God is and our hope in what he can do. And this is the power of praying with someone else. You can voice your trust in who God is. And you can voice your hope and what God is capable of doing in their situation. This is the kind of prayer that brings hope to others. So the angels have won the pennant. And we go back to our story that all started with a prayer. It all started with prayer. And it's amazing What happens in our situation when hope inspires us to pray? Congratulations. The angels won the pennant. It's great. Well done. Oh, Roger, your social worker called. She did? What they want? Was it about my father? No, but it is about finding you a permanent home. Oh, JP, come back. JP! Come back. You know, nothing's probably ever as good as your real parents. 
some people who could care for you, love you, and take care of you. Yeah. I guess so. Roger, the person who called social service, that was me. I want to try to be a dad. I want you to come and live at my house. You... JP. He's coming too. He is? I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. You know, God hears our prayers. And your and my prayers may not always change the circumstance or the situation to the way we want it. But most always, prayer changes our hearts. And prayer changes the hearts of others when you pray for others. It's the power of trusting in who our God is and sharing the hope of what he can do. And God uses our voice prayers to bring change and life change. And most of the changes within all of us, like manager Knox, had a change within him. You know, Roger's dad didn't come, but God opened up a new way for him to have a dad. See, that's the nature of hope expressed through prayer. See, hope changes us as we pray. We become more like our heavenly father. I love this story because manager Knox actually gives us a change, shows us how God changes his heart or he had a change of heart. And it shows us how God can change people's hearts. And manager Knox had a change of heart and he became more like our heavenly father. See, Sin has caused every one of us to become spiritual orphans. We have been spiritually separated from our heavenly father because of sin. However, God would demonstrate his love for us in one of the most remarkable ways. He would send Jesus, his only son, into this world to live the perfect life we couldn't live, to die to pay the penalty of all sin and rise again to life. And through this, he would pay the adoption fee for you and I. And anyone who would place their trust in Jesus as their savior and follow him as their Lord, he would become the adoption fee to bring all of those into the family of God who would trust in him. See, Jesus demonstrates God's love for you and I. Jesus demonstrates that nothing is too difficult for God. And if our heavenly father, check this out, if our heavenly father can adopt us through Christ's love, death and resurrection, we can put our hope in him through prayer. If he can save you, nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is. And if you can still pray, you still have hope. This is what Christmas reminds us of. Christmas is the story of God coming in a very difficult situation to save us. And the original angels in the outfield, we see and we read about in Luke 2, as there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. 
He is the Messiah, the Lord. See, the Messiah was the hope of Israel. And Christmas is a reminder that even in the most difficult times and the darkest times, just like Israel was in, God comes. And he comes, and when we trust in his will, he works for the good. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. May not be what you're looking for, but if you look for where God's at work, you're always going to see it. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Jesus, the hope of Israel. And the shepherds shared their hope as they would tell about what amazed them. And we get to share our hope. You get to share your hope. And one way you can share your hope this week is simply by praying with someone who's in need, who may be in a hopeless situation or a helpless situation. See, Jesus is our hope, and we can share our hope in him by praying with one another. And in our last series we were in, Unshakable, we did this several of those weeks. We prayed with one another, and today we're going to do that again. I'm going to ask you to stand. And some of you are with your families. Your grade schoolers are here with you in the room. We're so grateful that you're here. We're going to give you a moment. I want you to turn with somebody. I don't want anybody to pray alone today. And this is what I want to ask you to do. This is the two things. I want you to voice, where are you hoping God will work? That's it. Just, I'm hoping God will. And you fill in the blank. And I want you to tell those around you that. I'm hoping God will. And then I want you to pray with one another. And then this is how I want you to pray. God, we trust that you are good. You can dress him as Father. Father, we trust that you are good. And we hope that you can. And you fill in the blank of what you are hoping God can do. We turn to one another. Find one another. Nobody prays alone today. Even if you're new with us, we ask that you have the courage to do this with us today. Turn to one another and begin to pray.